0: i us just start reading Matthew 14. As that comes up on the screen before us, it says, uh, When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and, and it's already getting late send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, "They do not need to go away, you give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves, then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all later were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about five thousand men besides women and children we 're at this point in, in Matthew now, where this story uh, uh, as well as the uh, crucifixion and the resurrection, is the only one that 's recorded in all four Gospels, that's why other Gospel writers see this as uh, an important story now listen there are many different sermons if you've been around church for a while you would have heard loads of sermons on this we could look at all the different numbers that are involved in there the 12 and the 5 and the 2 and the 5,000 and all of that and give all the sort of numerology of it all or we could look at as John says when he says a little boy is the one that has the loaves and the fishes and, and we could preach a sermon that is about giving everything to Jesus that you have and he multiplies it and you probably heard those sermons and stuff as a matter of fact I've preached a couple of them so I would know that that you have and stuff and so but we're working our way through Matthew so we have to look at what is the context in the gospel of Matthew the journey that we've been on so far to this point because this is the halfway chapter in the book of Matthew in the gospel of Matthew and and, uh, the context of Jesus doing this is very important because in the previous verses he's just heard that John the Baptist has been killed has been beheaded Uh, and of course this now shows the 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 total human side of uh, of john of jesus because it sees that 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 sadness that grief that he has for you know his cousin and stuff and the the scripture tells us and actually tries to slip away quietly but the the crowds found him and followed him uh, but where jesus probably uh, doesn't feel like doing something now it, uh, scripture tells us this that this compassion for the multitude moved him to, to heal the sick and to teach them uh, and jesus did this way until evening but the problem was it was a remote place and the crowd needed food now they could have made many legit, legitimate excuses here and stuff there was no need for jesus to, to feed the crowd I mean, they could have just sent them away. They looked at that, and we're talking uh, 5,000 men, but probably 15,000 in total when you end up with the women and the children. And, and they could have made those, those genuine excuses. He says, actually, we don't really need to feed these. We're, Jesus has done his bit. You know, He's shown compassion. He's taught them. He, he, he's had a tough day. As an understatement. He's just heard that his cousin has uh, died. Uh, the, the, the people can take their care of themselves. Uh, and so but Jesus comes in and he wants to teach the disciples a lesson as well as make some points that Matthew wants to record uh, for those who are going to read the story afterwards and encourage them to read it the people don't need to leave Jesus actually says to them he says well you give them food now if you look out of the crowd and stuff and I mean if I was standing here this morning and uh, I, I was led to or felt an urge to buy you all lunch I don't feel that urge but if I did, if I did feel that urge the first thing I would need to do is work out obviously what the cost of that is to feed the 80 or 90 people that are here the kids can we don't want we we'll to feed the kids but anyway one of the 80 90 people that are here the first thing you do is work out the cost that's what the disciples did they looked at this and said basically to summarize this will cost a fortune uh to do this that they just simply did not have the resources uh to do it and so the other gospel stories include the the understanding of how much money would be required uh to do this but what Jesus wants to do here to the disciples but then also to the crowd is to demonstrate that his power uh, makes anything possible that even not only is interested in the spiritual food that is feeding uh, to the people but also the physical food that He's feeding to the people uh, and that and the disciples do something and, and we would do this I would do this uh, they thought well if Jesus has the facts about the situation that will change his mind because he'll see like we would see that this is impossible but Jesus doesn't always operate in the facts of the situation he doesn't always act in the what the, the actual the, the the real way that it is and stuff he would uh, wasn't going to change his mind that uh, he understood that they would lack the physical resources but where Jesus is involved uh, there is that miraculous power to do what needs to be done. Uh, and it's not a question, in the sense maybe of, uh, of being frugal or clever or resourceful. And Jesus is literally asking them to accomplish something beyond their current capabilities. And when it's beyond, our current capabilities and their current capabilities, that usually means that Jesus has to be involved. It means that he has to be involved because there are things that we would look at and say in the factual, this is impossible, but where Jesus is involved, it is possible uh, and so part of the point of this miracle as we 're looking at is that actually nothing is impossible with, with Christ Jesus, and nothing is impossible now it shows us that Jesus had compassion. And care for the people of God. Even when we expected that he might have been exhausted. From finding out about his cousin John the Baptist. The first thing I would imagine like us that we would want to do. Is take ourselves off to a quiet place. And silently grieve in a sense to be on our own. On the loss of a loved one. Uh, And so Jesus doesn't do that. He he comes and he shows compassion as a way uh, of almost seeing what's happened to John he knows in a sense this is the journey that he's on that the end of his life that the end of his life is coming he's on that journey uh to the cross uh, and so he looks at the people and he says to them, he says i have to do something here i respond and move because people are always looking for something out there they're always looking for some these people are hungry and and sometimes when people are hungry we already know because of the pharisees they that they would offer them some ceremony or some empty words that can never satisfy keep these laws and god will feed you but they would still be hungry and stuff so we realize that they're not going to answer the hunger that they have Uh, the people are hungry the atheists and the skeptics will try to convince them actually you're not hungry at all you know that's not hunger you know when we had young kids and stuff and they say you're not hungry They said they're hungry, sorry, three minutes after they've had the dinner. And you'd be like, you're not hungry. We'd try and convince them that they're not hungry. And this is what the atheists and the sceptics might do. They'll turn around and say, well, you're not hungry, it's just a feeling. We, We would then look and say, well, the people are hungry. And the religious showman gives them performance and showmanship, almost entertainment as far as belief goes. But they're still hungry. Uh, and so we have to ask the question here the people who are hungry the people who, are hungry, who will give them the bread of life so there are three important truths that are revealed about Jesus in this story uh, and they may be fairly obvious and I do confirm something that has been said already uh, through our study of this the first one is this Jesus has compassion on people and meets their needs that's what Jesus does. He has compassion on people and he meets their needs. And so when he looks out here, what what stands out in this story, it's above and beyond his own need. It's above and beyond the grief and the sadness that he is experiencing because of the loss of a loved one and stuff. The actually still has the compassion and meets people's needs as he does here in this story. He's not doing this miracle. Because almost in a sense it's cold hearted. I'll just show everybody I'm the son of God. He does it because he says he has compassion. He sees people are hungry. He sees people are sick. He sees people are in need of a shepherd. Uh, and, And so he has compassion on them. And he meets their needs. And the second thing that we see is that Jesus is able to perform miracles because he is the son of God. Uh, that's that's it, it uh, nothing else he's a son of God the miracles that he does is just simply a proof to the people listen I'm the one that you're waiting for that didn't even convince them but it shows us it demonstrates to us that he is the son of God because of the miracles that he is able to perform and so the third thing that we see is Jesus is the bread of life the one who provides for both body and for soul There is a mirrored story in the Old Testament where we see the miraculous provision of manna in the wilderness. And it just simply shows that Jesus could feed the people. That would have been brought to the minds of these Jewish people uh, as as Jesus fed them that day. Hold on a second. This man might be the Messiah. This is what happened to our ancestors. And now we're seeing Jesus do this again uh, in this story here. Uh, And so we see that throughout the Bible, the bread is that symbolic representation of God's life-sustaining provision. When I left school in one thousand nine hundred and eighty nine he says, "I served my apprenticeship as a baker. Not a lot of people know that, but I was a, a baker and a confectioner, and every morning you would get up at four o 'clock uh, we'd have to be in work for four o 'clock it would kill me now, but went down and worked in the bakery and stuff and there were two things one there were two things I always noticed about being a baker. The first one is this: you can 't beat the smell of warm bread baking in the morning that has nothing to do with what I'm saying this morning but you all agree with me but the second thing and probably the most important thing is how important bread was for people in the sustaining of their diet and their lives because we used to just make so much of it there were tons of it it's what people came to the bakery for and so here in this story it makes me realize how important bread is because there would have been less of a choice if any choice at all because bread was the sustenance it was the requirement of their diet and Jesus uses it to feed them physically but then also says spiritually that he is the bread of life he is the one because as we know what we will eat physically will only last temporary we will be hungry again bread will go off it will gain mold it will it will ruin and stuff and Jesus uses example and says this bread of life that's me he said it won't perish it won't ruin it's permanent it's forever it never spoils it never runs out and Jesus this miracle there he displays that total authority uh, as Jesus gets them to sit down he says well, what, what I love about the story is this uh, is and, and this wee side thought it says they all ate and were filled and I thought what a wonderful thought that every person that was sitting there was impacted by Jesus was filled by what Jesus did it says just simply that simple miracle and the word it says they all nobody was left out. Nobody was left behind. The men, the women, the children, anybody who could eat, ate. And they were filled, and not only were nobody was left behind. But not only that, you see that God's provision there was abundant as well, because when the miracle had been done, when Jesus had done, they went around to collect all the leftovers the baskets that were left over, just to show the amazing provision uh, to do this. But it wasn't Jesus' intent to do this alone. He wanted the disciples to experience the miracle that he was going to do. They were the ones that had to distribute it. They're the ones that had to share it. They're the ones that had to give it out to everybody and collect it back in. And it makes me realise at times uh, when we're doing the stuff that we're doing that actually Jesus uses us to do the amazing things that he does in people's lives. Whether that's praying for people or supporting people or helping people, Jesus uses the disciples here. And and as he takes his bread and he takes his fish, he does this. He looks up to heaven in the direction of God, his Father, simply asks for his blessing. He simply says, I want the people to know that that God cares for them, that Jesus has shown his compassion on them, and he feeds them not just physically, but feeds them spiritually as well. You see, the feeding of the 5,000 gives us three principles regarding God's provision. The, The first one is this. He says, we thank God for, and we wisely use what you have. It would have been so easy for them to make the excuse that we don't need to do this we don't need to do this we don't need to feed these people we're in a remote place we can send them to a village to go and get their food and even that probably would have been impossible with the amount of numbers that were there but but actually the first thing they did was they thank God and then they used wisely what they have the disciples says we only have a little boy here with his packed lunch that's all we've got And Jesus just simply says, well, that's enough. And it makes us realize sometimes it's a small bit that we give uh, to God that he can use when we think, I don't have anything, or I can't give anything, or I can't do anything. Actually, do you know, that's not true. Even like the little boy, just that small amount, giving it to Jesus and he can do something with it. And Jesus teaches us here to thank God for and wisely use what you have. And then the second thing we see in this story that that principle that we trust God's unlimited resources. Can He feed 5,000 men? Yes. Can He heal the sick? Yes. Can He meet your need this morning? Yes. And there are many great needs in here today. There are many needs that people have, whether with their health, Financially, or other circumstances in their life, and they're thinking to themselves, God cannot meet my need, God can meet your need. He says, Because He has unlimited resources, nobody can outgive God. He says, He, he has a whole world available to us. For it, it, it was, we come and we, we pray to Him and we ask Him. He says, In that day, you wouldn't have imagined that, that in the physical. It would be able to feed as many people as they could. But they were able to do it because God has unlimited resources. And then the third thing that we simply say is we say, don't waste what God gives you. He says that they simply collect up the leftovers. And they collect up the leftovers uh, and, and they would use them again while they were there and stuff but makes us realize that actually we don't want to waste what God gives us and often it's stuff that we have in our mind that says God can't use me that like, I don't have anything to offer only this small amount here listen in the hands of God that could be everything in, in the step of faith it could be everything there's a way one of the posters on the wall outside on the corridor you know it says this and I remember preaching on it from the story of Abraham uh you know a few years ago now before the he said we do not know what God is going to do on the other side of our step of obedience that actually when we take that step we don't know what God is going to do he says and he doesn't always tell us but what he is encouraging us to do is to take that step of faith that step of obedience to do what he's called us to do uh, and so I know that's just briefly this morning because uh, obviously we're doing our remembrance singer, at the start of the service and stuff but it was important to get that bit out across about this story here uh, particularly in relation to where we are as a church and the circumstances that people are going through and particularly as we approach the prayer week where we're coming and we say we're not praying because we're church and we think it's a good thing to do We're praying because we believe as we take our prayers and put them into the hands of God. He can meet the needs of the prayer requests that that we have with his unlimited resources. Uh, and so we apply that principle to where we are as a church as well believing that as we stand here uh, next Sunday and the Sunday after we'll have testimony after testimony of how people said this is how God answered my prayer this is how God met my need I, I didn't have much as grand, neither did they have much in this story but in the hands of Jesus it became everything let, let us pray father we come before you thank you for your word your word is a bread of life it sustains us and feeds us and father we thank you that father even in the small bits that we have and that we think they're not much to offer you to you they're everything we do not know what you will do on our on the other side of our step of obedience of faith and Father help us to do that today as individuals and as a church for those with needs in the church this morning Father we pray for them Lord believing Lord you can meet their need Father God and Father we we just ask Lord that this word will come and resonate in our heart let it dwell in our hearts that, that you have compassion on your people you care for them and Father we thank you for that today As for your blessing today, in Jesus' name. Amen.